Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to all of you. We are live and on demand here on Blaze TV Radio Network and Podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. And if this show comes across as mildly smarter today, it is because I woke up this morning. I'm like, why do I, why do I like already feel smarter? It is because joining us momentarily for the Dace Group is one of the smartest men in America, our good friend Josh Hammer. There he is, shaking his head no. False humility doesn't play here. All right. Josh is brilliant. That's why, you know, I decided not to even put on anything nice, just wore a hoodie and everything today. I'm slumming it, okay, knowing I've got no shot, none, none, up against the vast superior intellect of our good friend Josh Hammer. So it's good to have him back here on the show. In all seriousness, he's actually really smart. All right, so we'll get to the day's group here in a moment. Um, some feedback Friday coming up in the next hour of the program as well. Hey, I want to, I want to, um, speaking of smart Jewish guys, I want to share with you a text I got from a mutual friend of uh, Josh and I's, uh, our good colleague and uh, buddy, Daniel Horowitz, who we, him and I uh, combined to write uh, the current uh, best-selling book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial, so this never happens again. And Daniel sent me this note. I think I shared this with you guys right before we went on the air. Um, right now, we are ranked 53rd overall on Amazon. That's like every book like in the world. Okay? Like in the world. Greta Thunberg is rated 151. All right? So remember, I told you guys yesterday, the top three political books in the country in order were Greta Thunberg, her book, Mike Pompeo, and in fairness to Mike, his book's been out for a bit, okay? So obviously it's still holding strong. And then our book was number one among those among political books. And Us and Greta came out on the very same day. And uh, our book right now has 34 reviews already, which for a 432-page book that just came out on Tuesday, that's, that's a lot of reviews, mm-hmm. okay? Greta Thunberg's book has 352 reviews. Reviews, according to Daniel. 352 came out the same day. And Daniel texted me, that is an amazing juxtaposition of real grassroots versus AstroTurf, right? Real people as opposed to bots or farms of commenters that are paid to practice uh, the technique known as jamming on comment sections and on uh, review blogs to make it make you feel like they're the only opinion out there and no one else thinks and feels the way that you do. That is amazing. She has she has literally a hundred times more reviews than we do, even though we're a hundred spots higher than her on Amazon. Sounds legit, right? How dare you? Yeah, indeed. Not legit at all. All right, before we get to the day group, let's talk about what's legit. It's our friends over at Jace Medical. They want to make sure that you are prepared for the next time. They're like, uh, yeah, you can't have those meds. Well, they work and people are dying. Well, then die. Uh, they want to make sure you're prepared for that. 
Because the next time it might not be in a, a Nobel Prize winning drug or a drug that has saved literally tens of millions of people going back to the 1960s. Uh, the next time it might be amoxicillin, which there's a shortage of right now, by the way, because we let China make it for us. Um, they have the Jace case of venerable antibiotics. Now, since these are prescription, right, you got to make sure you get approved online, answer some questions. You may have to talk to a physician, want to verify no allergies. Like for me, I'm penicillin allergic. The good news is in my Jace case is the cousin to penicillin that uh, I often get prescribed instead, doxycycline. That's one of the venerable antibiotics as well. It's doctor created, doctor recommended. It helps you to have the peace of mind to know you're prepared. See the sweatshirt I'm wearing today? The Let's Go Brandon sweatshirt, right? The next time that they Let's Go Brandon something and maybe it's the food supply and not the eggs. I'm sorry, the medical supply and not the eggs. Uh, get $10 off the Jace case right now with the code DACE10, DACE10, D-E-A-C-E, DACE10, to save 10 bucks off at jacemedical.com. J as in jump at this right now. J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com, promo code 10. DACE10, I should say, is the promo code. And now it is time for the Dace Group. There he is, amazingly not canceled yet, as the op-ed page editor for Newsweek. <laughs> Got to be honest, Josh, you've lasted a hell of a lot longer than I thought you were going to make it, brother. I just didn't want to say anything at the time, so props to you, man. All right, that just goes to show how smart you are, all right? Let's get to it, the weekly look at the week that was with issue one. Bleep, Lord Nefarious says. This is a day in the life of a childless woman. I wake up at 6 a.m. I remember that I have no kids to take to school, so I take an edible, masturbate, and go back to sleep. I wake up at 12.30 p.m. and get ready for a busy day of doing whatever the f*** I feel like. I put on my most impractical and stylish shoes since I won't be chasing a child around the grocery store. You know what I don't get is why people still see me as a woman. What more could I be doing? I literally... Cut my titties off. I I don't think I look like a woman. You said that you're a trans woman. I trans female, yes, sir. Do you have a penis? That's horrible. She was uh, designated, assigned, observed male at birth. And until about 18 months, didn't really, you know, know too much, just kind of was raising two kids, working full time, not really paying attention to what was going on. And at around 18 months, started she started showing signs of like really being interested in things that her sister had and had in her closet and wanting to play dress up and wanting to put on lip gloss. And when she would see fingernails, she would want her fingernails painted too. And, you know, we just, we thought it was cute. No issue. We had no issue with, you know, her wanting to do those kinds of things. Um, And then around the age of two, things started to progress at a quicker pace. And so each time that we would go to pick her up from preschool, she was fully outfitted in dresses and jewelry. And so I will say I was super stoked that we had such a wonderful childcare center that she was in because she was allowed to, you know, experiment with her gender and play dress up and do those kinds of things. A reference there to the private Catholic high school that you went to. So why shouldn't all students have a chance at what you said was so important in your own life? Look, I grew up in a working class family. This was well before any of this, um, of 
public assistance for private school existed and my parents made that choice, I begged them to send me to public school. Georgia. Dr. Walensky, why are we masking our kids today? You know, thank you. Also, so our guidance um, for school-based masking is related to our COVID-19 community levels. And fortunately, we're in a place now in this country where most of our country is in green or yellow, um, has uh, lower, um, low or moderate transmission or COVID-19 community levels. And in those situations, we actually don't recommend masking. We recommend it for high COVID-19 community so, levels. So what is your timeline for updating, reevaluating these guide guidance? You know, our masking guidance doesn't really change um, with time. What it changes with is disease. So when there's a lot of disease in a community, we recommend that those communities and those schools mask. When there's less disease in the community, we recommend that those masks can come off. So, okay. So it's just going to continue. Clear as mud, folks. Clear as mud. All right, now I am making an executive decision. We're going to table the do you have a penis question. Oh, that is getting its own segment here during the day group. Okay? So for now, pretend you're not Lindsey Graham. Okay? Don't jump on it. All right? We will discuss that matter a little bit later on. Everything else is fair game, Josh, as I go to you first. What was the best of the worst that you just witnessed, my friend? So, Steve, great to, be, great to be back with you guys. So let me first say that I actually agree with you that I, too, am surprised that almost three years after I started Newsweek that I have not been canceled or fired yet. <laughs> but I, I really I really do mean that. But credit where credit is due. I mean, credit to my bosses and company management. I mean, the Southern Poverty Law Center, as you guys probably saw, did a series of hit pieces. It was three or four in like a month, month and a half span this past November, December, clearly trying to get my bosses to fire me, and they have not done so. So kudos to them. Credit where credit is Amen. due. Yeah. Going back to the absolute garbage, the nonsense that we just saw there. Look, for me, the transgender issue is kind of a uniquely evil phenomenon. And that's not a particularly new or a particularly novel insight. But, you know, in the aftermath, you know, Barry Weiss's substack about a week, week and a half ago or so had this whistleblower from a gender affirming care with the scare quotes, of course, a, a pediatric center there mm -hmm. at Washington University Hospital in St. Louis. Josh Hawley has been all over this calling for an investigation. As of this morning, I see that he's established a new tip line in his office in D.C. where people who want to be whistleblowers from these horrific clinics can go ahead and phone in there. I, I legitimately, you know, you mentioned Dan, our mutual friend Daniel Horowitz and, 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 you know, the somewhat provocative title of your guy's book, The Fourth Reich. I, I legitimately do think that one day and hopefully in the not so distant future, we are going to, to kind of borrow that same theme. We are going to view these gender affirming care. I mean, this mentally disturbed person who's bragging about how her female breast was chopped off. We, we are going to view the doctors who do these procedures as the moral equivalent of Nazi experimentation. And, 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 and you know, I, I, it really is that bad. It is that jarring. It is that evil to see. I say that, by the way, you know, just to kind of kind of play on my Jew credentials for a second here, right here on my table, I'll show it for the audience, actually, literally on my table. This is a rock from the crematorium at Auschwitz. I keep it on my desk every single day to ground me. So, you know, my Jew bona fides here are not in doubt. And I legitimately think that that is an accurate, a morally accurate and cogent and compelling analogy to draw. It is sick, sick, evil stuff. And it really just makes my blood boil. Good luck following that. Yeah. Remember, we told you the show was going to get a little bit smarter. So, Todd, you're up. And I love it. He he blasts it right through it because a lot of times, whether it's said as outwardly as you just did or it's implied about Josh, 
a lot of times when he comes in and sees that uh, first opening montage, it breaks him for a little. Yes. He forgets how smart he is. Because there's, no, there's not an intellectual yeah. response to much of what is we in Aaron's montage. We just watch montage. him sit there shattered for a while, so he <laughs> plowed right ahead. Now, Steve, I love it when we look uh, at the Steve Dace time capsule many years from now when we were getting together and you and I are on the porch retired. We're in our last bottle of Bonner Private yeah, Wine. Talking yeah. about our grandkids. We're going to look at that time capsule. Look back at this week. Release best-selling book. Show everybody trailer for upcoming movie. Uh, table uh, question about discussing, uh, do you have a penis? Because it demands more than we can give right now. The thing is, all three of those things are actually yes. pretty interrelated, as a matter yes, of fact, in, in their own way. Yes, but okay. Yes, they are. Uh, listen, Josh, a ditto on everything he said about the tranny stuff. So I will go somewhere else. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, I, I, what, is, she, is she a doctor in the same sense that Jill Biden is? Because, <laughs> listen, there's no... Every time she talks, there's not an interest in science or medicine. There's just effect. There's just propaganda. Honestly, there are Jehovah's Witnesses. When they listen to her talk, they, they do the Jonah Hill gif. Like, it's too much. It's just too much. Would you blink, woman? It's, it, it's nonstop. It's like everybody that speaks for this administration came out of the Lyndon LaRouche movement. Can, can anyone communicate? Can anyone just, can you lie with just a subject predicate or period? I mean, the, the yeah. babbling on and on. I mean, and can you form a, it's like, it's like Joe Biden's dementia is contagious. They now all can't talk. They like, mm -hmm. they, 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 they all can, now I'm stuttering. They all can't, uh, you know, utter a salient, cogent thought in a direct sentence. They just contradict and ramble on and on and on. That's what you see in that yeah. clip. And she is very much connected what Josh says at the end. The, the type of doctor who says and does the things that they do, they, they're just, they, they, they are so programmed that they are clearly capable of committing the most grotesque of atrocities with a smile on their face. It's appalling. Because if the next question had been, what's your thoughts on gen so-called gender-affirming yes. care? You would, have, you would have gotten a, a, a response that probably sounded yes. exactly like that in yes. terms of cogent saliency and also delivery. Yes. Just would have pivoted right into that. That's, 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 that's where your like humanity is gone. Mm -hmm. Like you have, you have taken whatever was left of the Imago day within you and have, you have, you have just Romans one yourself essentially. Which ironically is the goal of secular humanism to mm -hmm. make you less human. Mm. Aaron. I'd say it has to be the Chelsea Handler thing at the top. I just raise your hand if you, when you had toddlers running around your house, maybe, maybe, maybe at certain instances when everybody was screaming all at once, but raise your hand after they went to bed at night and say, you know what? I wish I was pushing 50 with no kids, uh, you know, smoking pot every day and masturbating to get my rocks off and or hooking up, as she later says with somebody. Raise your hand if you think that sounds like a great existence to you. Mm. Just the emptiness in there. She knows she is empty. The only thing that is fueling her is the rage she feels knowing she was sold a false bill of goods. And now that, that, that feminism is. And now she's trying to convince uh, uh, us. She's trying to convince herself by convincing us that she made the right decision. And it's not working. 
It's just sad. It's it's just it's horrible. It's empty. I feel sorry for her. As as the great prophet Harry Potter once said, you'll never know love or friendship. And I feel sorry for you. That is what feminism does to women. Mm. This may seem like a terrible segue, but actually, it's a really good time. Since we last had Josh on this show, Josh, I believe you have gotten engaged, correct? Oh, really? That is correct. Nice. So let's, let's issue congratulations, and now you don't have to fear uh, being 50 years old and waking up you know, at, at noon with no life, no kids, and masturbating, and then wondering what you're going to do with the rest of uh, your, your afternoon. You, you now will have direction and meaning moving forward. So congratulations to you, brother. We should mention that. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate that. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the odds that Rear Admiral Buttigieg will ever engage in a truly bipartisan effort, and 10 being the odds that Lindsey Graham wouldn't mind engaging in a truly bipartisan effort with Rear Admiral Buttigieg. Rank this week's level of total depravity. Josh, and you know you missed these. Literally my favorite part of the day, speak, by the way, is, 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 is the weekly Lindsey Graham joke. I look forward to it so much. Uh, that was a full 10 out of 10. No brainer. Todd. 10. He's got all these academic credentials. I'm just here for the Lindsey Graham jokes. Aaron. 10. Before we get to issue two, folks, again, in honor of the uh, Let's Go Brandon sweatshirt I'm wearing today, make sure you get a hold of our friends over at My Patriot Supply. So uh, did, are we shooting down octagonal... Uh, alien uh, re- recon balloons, many shapes, Steve, uh, many, shapes. Ch- yeah, many shapes, Chinese spy uh, craft, uh, weather balloons from high school science classes. Do we know? All right. Um, that's why. Here's what you do want to know. Man, these people are going to ruin everything if we let them. Yes, they will. So get your three-month emergency food kit now. Uh, That includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. The full complement of the 2,000-plus calories that you need uh, nutritionally every day. You'll have it for three months. Peace of mind to know that when Let's Go Brandon goes down again, you're ready. You're prepared so you don't go down with Brandon. Uh, Now they've they've made the deal even sweeter. Uh, $200 off um, the emergency food kit. Worth and you get, that's free survival essentials uh, and uh, free shipping when you go to mypatriotsupply.com. $200 off each kit, not just the whole order, each kit. Mypatriotsupply.com. Again, that is mypatriotsupply.com. All right, back to the day group. Let's get to issue two. Hey, who cares about polluting a bunch of Trump voters in Ohio anyway? A story that some are likening to a mini Chernobyl, but is receiving next to no significant media attention in the mainstream is the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. On February 3rd, a freight train filled with tons of hazardous chemicals derailed and exploded in the village of East Palestine, sending plumes of toxic clouds up into the sky for several days. Instead of putting out the fire, emergency crews elected to perform a controlled burn to avoid further explosions. That burn released hydrogen chloride and highly toxic phosgene gas into the air. There are now reports disputed by the state of Ohio that pets, fish, and livestock are suffering or dying in the aftermath. Again, those reports haven't been confirmed to be linked. Ohio's Senator J.D. Vance went to East Palestine to see the damage for himself. Hey guys, so I'm here at Leslie Run, and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. Something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. Can you you come here? 
and, and let me just show this to people. I don't know if you're gonna be able to see this on camera, but watch this. Just see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is disgusting. And the fact that we have not cleaned up the, the, the train crash, the fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people who live in East Palestine. Do not forget these people. We gotta keep applying pressure. That's how we're gonna fix this problem. By the way, Biden administration has denied FEMA natural disaster relief to that community, at least as of yesterday. Maybe they'll change their minds by the time you guys see this later on on a podcast or uh, over on Rumble. But uh, at the time we are doing this live right here on Blaze TV and radio, they have denied that request. So let's get to the first question. Todd, I'll begin with you. Hashtag, as Aaron mentioned, hashtag Ohio Chernobyl has been trending all week on Twitter. Is this an overstatement of this event or an accurate depiction, do you think? No, it's not an overstatement. Uh, listen, uh, Rahm Emanuel never let a good crisis go to waste. Uh, ostensibly, we, we used to think that mean that people would cravenly use pe- situations where other people are suffering to make them look good, like they solved uh, something way beyond what they actually had an impact, mm-hmm. and uh, that's timeless. But again, as I discussed all week, that we have gone way, way beyond that. The, the taking of the institutions has now reached the terrorist level. It's not about making yourself good. It's about turning the screws on people's pain and reminding them, um, maybe you want to get on the right team because that's what, no disaster declaration on that. It's like, um, you picked the wrong team. You deserve to hurt. You're less than. Uh, this is a huge problem. It's a huge problem. We Again, we have lost our ability to see the other as a fellow human being. And again, the, the, the simple cosmic fact that this place is not very far away from the places we discussed last week where uh, the, the, uh, the play uh, in uh, Amish land, yeah. yes, in Amish land, uh, the, the books, the, the, the pornographic books, the pornographic plays has already reached that level. It's, it's locusts. It, it, it is simply a biblical plague. And so, yeah, overreact. And honestly, the opposite, if anything. Aaron. Tell me, how would I go about confirming whether my answer to that question is true? How would I go about confirming that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're on our damn own. The only thing that makes me think that this is a mini Chernobyl or America's Chernobyl is that contrary to what I actually said in, in, the, in the intro, this did yesterday evening start to get some national attention. Did you guys see this? USA Today came out with a fact-checking story. It's led to a lot of claims. This story's led to a lot of claims that are misleading. I didn't even read the story. I just imagined that it, it was something along the lines of fiery but mostly peaceful ecological disaster. The New York <laughs> Times came out with a piece that said, essentially, right-wingers pounce on this story. That's the, the the fact that the that the that 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 the uh, Pravda is running cover for the administration right now makes me think that this is as big as it has been made out to be. So yeah, I, I think that's the case. Now, there's a lot of places in America, sadly, you can go and do what you did, do, you know, do what J.D. Vance did to that creek bed. And I don't know if for those of you listening, it was just absolutely disgusting. He just literally scraped the bottom of the creek bed and all of this 
all of these, uh, all of this film came out and leached out of the ground. It's just like disgusting. literally bubbling to the surface, kind of just stuff. disgusting. And there's other videos out like that as well. I, what can you say? And and tell me, I'll just close with this. Raise your hand if you were shocked that Mike DeWine, he of the writing sonnets to po, uh, to COVID fame, raise your hand if you're not shocked or if you're shocked that he is uh, apparently not really well equipped to deal with something like this. He said this week that the that the National Guard, along with the Department of Defense, was consulted about doing the controlled burn. He also said that uh, that Joe Biden called him and asked him if he needed any help and said, hey, we'll we'll give you whatever help you need. And he said that he hadn't called him back. That was, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. Raise your hand if you are shocked that he's not handling this, at, at least from from what I've seen, uh, as well as, you know, we possibly could in this in this situation. Would that be the same Department of Defense that uh, consulted on the construction in origin of the uh, mRNA jabs? Yeah. Oh, oh and, and along those lines as well. You would think that Republican leadership in Washington would just be pouncing on this last night. Here's what Mitch McConnell said, and I quote, I want to make the case to the American people that defeating Russia in Ukraine is the most important thing happening <laughs> on the world stage right now. Josh, what say you? So to the question as to whether this is Ohio Chernobyl, I mean, did you guys see the mushroom cloud? I mean, I know people listening, they probably didn't see it, but I would encourage the listeners to go ahead and try to find the footage of this. This is a literal kind of mushroom cloud looking explosion that happened in East Palestine, Ohio. And, you know, I spoke not too terribly far from there back in October. So my friend Saurabh Mari was hosting a conference in Steubenville, Ohio, maybe just, mm -hmm. I don't know, hour, hour and a half or so south of East Palestine. And J.D. Vance was actually the, who we just saw there. He was the keynote speaker at this conference. And, you know, J.D., full disclosure, is a friend. So I was getting dinner with him actually before his speech. And I was walking from where the conference was to downtown Steubenville to meet J.D., you know, this is the part of the country that the entire MAGA movement is basically predicated upon. I mean, this is literally where globalization has failed. You know, it looks like a, like a bomb went off, speaking of Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tell me that it is a pure coincidence that a town like East Palestine, kind of a quintessential kind of Rust Belt town that is left behind where, you know, no less a son of the Rust Belt than J.D. Vance himself is there doing videos. You're going to tell me that it's a coincidence that this happened there. Right. And there was a concerted media blackout of this story for seemingly 10 days, if I have the count correctly. I mean, I work in media full time, Steve. Yep. This happened on February 3rd, right? I, I don't think I heard about this story until February 13th. I mean, maybe I was just totally naive. That's always possible. But I, I don't I don't think I'm like missing it that badly here. So there was a concerted blackout on this story. And you, you combine that with the reticence to kind of get FEMA involved here at a national level. You know, this adds up. This this adds up to a proverbial mm -hmm. middle finger to the people of a part of the country that has been deliberately been left behind by bipartisan ruling class elites in hoc to a globalist agenda. Extremely well said again. In, in many respects, guys, it reminds me of the Las Vegas shooter story. And here's why. Uh, you know, from from the other side, we have been inundated with the narrative involving guns and the environment, among other things. But as long as all of us can remember. Right. And so here we have a white guy. Right. So he's already uh, stained. We have a white guy that opens fire 
uh, with weapons. He probably should. A lot of a lot of Americans, regardless of whether they have an NRA membership or not, probably think you shouldn't be able just to walk into a store and buy. Right. Mm-hmm. And not. And then all the tactical gear and everything else that went alongside of that. He literally turns um, a hotel room on the most surveilled city in the country into a sniper's nest and starts picking people off. This would seem to be the ultimate gift wrapped story for gun control you could possibly envision right Mm -hmm. white guy with a bunch of weapons that most americans would think no one should have and tactical gear just engaged in the largest mass shooting in american history no intellectual curiosity about the event really whatsoever to this day here we have greedy corporation dumps their dumps their toxic waste uh on a poor you know uh working class community is the, I mean, how many of those movies did we watch in the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s, right? Okay. How many John Grisham novels is this one, right? Okay. Nowhere to be found, just like the Vegas shooter. These are stories that play right into their own narrative. Am I, am I, missing, am I wrong on this, Josh? Quickly, in like 30 seconds. The, these two stories play right into their own narrative that they have tried to feed us for 30 years, and they want nothing to do with either one of them. Why? Look, I, I, I mean, I, at least on the, on the Rust Belt story the, here in East Palestine, I mean, I, I kind of just fall back to what I said. But the Las Vegas shooter, you know, thank you for mentioning that. That's a story that I have not thought about in a good long time now. I mean, that should be terrifying to us. That should be utterly terrifying. Look, here's the last thing I'll say. I don't want to end this, end this segment on kind of like a tinfoil hat note. But what I will say real quick is – I am of the opinion that all of these terrible things happening, the spy balloon, the UFOs, F-35 scrambling over the Alaskan airspace to intercept Russian jets back-to-back days, the train derailments. Here in Florida, where I live, there was this horrific plastic facility explosion outside Orlando just a day or two ago. I find it very, very hard to believe that this is just a matter of pure coincidence. It really does seem to be like something nefarious is probably happening. I don't have any solid proof of that, but it just seems like too coincidental to me, to be honest with you. There's no point to an, ex- to an exit question after what you just said, frankly. I mean, there's only two options here. You are, you're, you, if you've ever wondered what the Jimmy Carter presidency would look like if he had dementia, if Jimmy Carter had gotten into the presidency 30 years past his prime, that's the, that's the most innocent and benign innocent explanation for all this, is that. Like historic levels of, feeb- of feebleness, late Republic nonsense. Hat tip, Dave Reboy. Uh, I think he has the copyright on that. Okay. That, that's, the, that's, the, that's the benign, innocent explanation. All other explanations point to what Josh just said. Stay new. All right, we'll come back. More Dace Group in a moment. Back here on the Steve Day Show, and what better time than right now to tell you about my favorite underwear that they make over at Tommy John, and I can't give a product a better endorsement than when they let me try something for free to see if it's something I'm willing to convince you guys in the audience to give a shot, and then I go out for months now going on years later and spend uh, out of my pocket for more of it. I mean, this is fantastic underwear, perfect fit. Um, in terms of flexibility, keeping you uh, less swampy. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, like micromodal fabrics. I think that's how that's pronounced. I'm hetero, so I don't know what any of that means. Okay. And dumb. So I'm hetero and 
went to community college. So I don't know what that stuff means. Here's what I know. Tommy John underwear is extremely flexible, extremely comfortable. And it's the only underwear I have bought the last going on what now four years since we got our first opportunity to give them a shot. So they've got great stuff for the ladies as well. And but since I'm not Lindsey Graham, I've never tried any of that on, but I'm sure it's great. I know the guy stuff is. Uh, you can shop Tommy John's new colorful uh, spring designs as well. TommyJohn.com slash Steve. Get 20% off your first order. They've got t-shirts, loungewear. Just all of it is fantastic stuff. 20% off your first order to give it a shot right now at TommyJohn.com slash Steve. Let's welcome back in Josh Hammer as we continue on with the Dace Group, your weekly look at the week that was. Let's get to issue three. Darling Nikki. Former South Carolina governor and U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, is running for president. Some people look at America and see vulnerability. The socialist left sees an opportunity to rewrite history. China and Russia are on the march. They all think we can be bullied, kicked around. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. At her official announcement event, she promised to make it harder for geriatrics to hold federal offices. We'll have term limits for Congress. And mandatory mental competency tests for politicians over 75 years old. She also really wants you to know that she's a woman. May the best woman win. But she's not down with identity politics. All kidding aside, this is not about identity politics. I don't believe in that. Until she is, of course. As a brown girl growing up in a black and white world, I saw the promise of America unfold before me. Hmm. So I am on Fox News' web, uh, YouTube page right now. Fox News has, has 10.3 million subscribers on YouTube. All right. Nikki Haley's campaign announcement received 55,000 views. Uh, the Washington Post has 2.3 million subscribers on YouTube. Uh, 2.13 million, forgive me. Uh, her announcement received 9,400 views on, on, uh, on YouTube. So to put that um, in comparison, we haven't even spent a dime of marketing money yet for our nefarious film and the link that uh, I have up on my YouTube account right now to the trailer has about 21,000 views with a YouTube account that debuted this week. So I guess that's a roundabout way of saying nefarious for president y'all, right? I mean, is, is that kind of what we're saying here? <laughs> what are we saying here? Does any of that matter? Um, is Nikki Haley 2024 a thing? Josh Hammer, I go to you. What say you? Well, Steve, I can answer that question very simply and straightforwardly by saying that no less and an, no less an organ of the Republican establishment than the Wall Street Journal editorial board wrote a very scathing editorial about Nikki Haley's announcement. This came out in their paper yesterday morning, I believe, Yikes. where they said that they said there was no clear rationale for oh, her God. candidacy. So, you know, that's her I, that's, that's her base. That's her base, Josh. Ah, that's literally it. I mean, I, I mean, if she has lost the Wall Street Journal editorial board, you know, 24 hours or less after her announcement, then she has no shot whatsoever. Look, I, Nikki Haley, by all accounts, is a very nice person. 
But, you know, look, she needs a firmware update, as the aforementioned Dave Reaboy <laughs> tweeted the other day. Her internal GOP computer software program has literally not had a firmware update since the, you know, uh, a buccaneer around the world spread democracy days of 2004, 2005. I mean, I, 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 tomorrow she'll probably talk about, like, Fallujah or Anbar <laughs> province. I mean, I, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, and, 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 and like, I, I agree with her on most of the issues, okay? I mean, I, I mean— you Compared to kind of the moderates that the Republicans used to try it out in 2000 or this 2008 or whatnot, yeah. Yeah. She, she, you know, she's she's to the right of them. So in, yep. a, in a previous era, I think she would have been a fine choice. But at this point in 2024, we're looking at now zero chance. Yeah. And that's a great point that you just made there. I mean, they were all good points, but especially the one at the end. I mean, in, in pre um, uh, the devil went down to Georgia uh, era of American politics, you know, like yesteryear. Um, 2012. Uh, before that, we like, you know, the typical under the typical paradigm, you know, Nikki Haley would have been a would have been a with a lot of us, a fine settle for candidate. OK, like the establishment would have just ran John Kasich or his post uh, uh, post worker father. They just would have ran that person or John McCain or Mitt Romney. And Nikki Haley would have been the Goldilocks happy medium between that person and Rick Santorum, you know, just to Mm -hmm. pick names from previous cycles, you know. So in some respects, it does show how much the base has successfully moved the debate that she's not even palatable to the Wall Street Journal. And, And by the way, I think this does tie into the whole Jeb Bush went to Ron DeSantis's inauguration, Paul Ryan's for Ron DeSantis. I think sometimes we need to learn how to take a W, need to take a win. I mean, Lindsey Graham was at Donald Trump's presidential announcement, by the way, just as an FYI, in case you missed that one. Okay, but what 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 the establishment is telling you is y'all won. Okay. We, ain't, we, can't, we can't put up these phonies anymore. Hell, Nikki Haley, t- 15 years ago, y'all would have thanked us if she was the nominee. And now she is, you know, persona non grata. Y'all won this one. All right. At this point, we're, if, if, you are, if you're going to take some anti-establishmentarian, populist, nationalist kind of a candidate, that's what, and there's no other thing that we can get y'all to consider, could we at least pick the one that's the adult in Ron DeSantis? I think that's essentially what they're telling you. And who do we have to thank for that? Yeah, uh, well, I think you have Trump and a lot of the people in our audience to yep. thank for that. Yep. Aaron, your thoughts? Yeah, I think as much as I can't stand him personally, he busted this paradigm. He and the people and the people who bet on him busted this paradigm. So, yeah, take a W for once. I, I mean, Charmin the dog, if you get that story, I'm not going to retell it here. Charmin the dog got a taste for blood and he's never staying back on that chain. And I think I'm hopeful as you said, Steve, the establishment has has recognized that. But yeah, Nikki Haley is just I mean, she's got this weird fusion of, as Josh said, 2004, 2005 hawkish neocon um, uh, vibes fused with like a, a circa 28, 20, you know, 2008, 2012 a feeble attempt by Republicans at identity politics. It's it's really an odd pairing. And she's kind of DOA, in in my opinion. She's just, there's no juice there. Like, listening to her announcement video, seriously, 15, 20 seconds, 15 seconds in, I was bored. I, was, I'm, I'm, I don't have time for this in my day. Wouldn't tell me what you want. And, yeah, somebody who would have been a win 15, 20 years ago is just, nah, 
No, that that just shows you how far or how much power, if you want to take it that way, how much power the base of the Republican Party has, and and it's really hard to put that genie when back it in uses the it when it uses when it, it actually and uses it's hard it to put that when it genie doesn't back just in the st- let's just watch Fox News all day and wait for marching orders when it affirmatively uses it it has mega power and imagine if that that same type of power was used in a distilled form at the local level and state level exactly. Look, there's there's no telling what might happen then. Todd, let's go to back to something Josh said a second ago. He said, I would agree with a lot of her positions, and, and we probably would too, except for maybe her foreign policy views. Mm-hmm. We would agree with a lot of her other positions. The problem is the issues that we would agree with her on really aren't largely relevant to what is the immediate threats in the country right now. Yeah, uh, but I, I think that I think the journal is wrong and that the it, she does have a discernible place in this, and it's because she's a she. And it doesn't matter what... We think about that. It, it is the V-word argument, but that was Trump's Achilles heel. There's clearly a place that women who vo- either voted Democrat or just didn't vote at all uh, for Donald Trump, uh, that, that's, that's a thing. It, is it a winning thing? I don't know. But right now, uh, people are interested. Uh, there's a lot of potential Republican women in this thing. A lot of people still don't know what a DeSantis is. So that's clearly the thing. But if she runs like this, it's like Scott Walker is running her campaign. I mean, we all thought Scott Walker was going to be one thing, just, but it turned out all he really cared about was making sure like he had a nice uh, spreadsheet at home. Uh, uh, it, right, good clean and spreadsheet. When it came, yeah. yeah, when it came to other issues, like he just, he talked like she does. So this isn't going anywhere if she talks like this. Let's get to the exit question. If Nikki Haley's odds of being on the national GOP ticket either at the, at, the, at the first line or the second line, all right? If Nikki Haley's odds of being on the national GOP ticket were a Def Leppard song, which Def Leppard song would it be? A, Too Late for Love. B, High and Dry. C, Foolin'. D, Armageddon it. Aaron. Which one is like in between best and middle chances? Probably Foolin'. Foolin', probably. Okay. Todd? Mm, Armageddon it. So you're you're buying the stock, man, and I I love the contrarian take. It's I like we it. all agree on some level. That I mean, it's dead wrong, but I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Well, she is there any other woman in the race right now? I dig that, man. I'm digging you right now, so just that, in a purely platonic way. Just looking at the math. All right, go ahead, Josh. So I agree with Aaron on fooling, but let me just quickly say, I mean, you guys are there in Iowa. You know, I think if there's going to be a woman on the vice presidential line for, you know, let's say a hypothetical uh-huh. presidential presidential nominee, Ron DeSantis, you could do a heck of a lot worse than your own governor, Kim Reynolds. I agree. I think yeah. she, I think she will be on the short list regardless of whether Trump or DeSantis is the nominee. I think she'll be on the short list. She might be the only person, regardless of which of those two it is, that was that would be on the short list, right? Like obviously, Christy Noem would be on Trump's short list. Okay, um, it would not be on Ron DeSantis's. So I, I agree with that observation. So let's get to our kicker topic, issue four. Is this the best or worst question in the history of this constitutional republic? So that, of course, is the uh, clip that we played during Lord Bleep Lord Nefarious says of the Arkansas state legislator asking a dude who thinks he's a woman if he has a penis. Correct. I can't make up my mind. And it might the answer, it might be yes. It might be both the best and the worst simultaneously, given the current state of things. So, Todd, where do you come down on this? Oh, it's one of the best. 
Absolutely. And and I'm Does and it need I, to be added to our regular lexicon? Should we just be regularly asking people well, the, in no, legislative here, it, it testimonies, is, by yes, the way, do you have a penis? This is this is this is going to be kind of the the code for saying the thing that everybody knows has to be said, but no one will say it because it just cuts to the quick. Again, everybody the the the, the, the in the room. <gasps> how dare you? Honestly, we just with Leah Thomas, Penn, the University of uh, Pennsylvania, walking into, we're going to talk this on Monday, because the gal, uh, Riley Gaines, uh, who competed against him, she said a locker, he just undressed and stared at them while they were undressing. That's okay. That's normal. That's freedom. That's the next MLK movement. It's science, in fact. So you get to go in there and you get to swing that thing, but you say what that thing is, and you get the vapors, Yes, this is exactly the question. And this is how politics is supposed to be. We're stop we gotta stop wasting each other's time. You know how much clarity he brought to the situation? <laughs> he did. I don't know anything about this guy at all. I don't know who he is. But that question needed to be asked. Aaron, let the record show the Wisconsin basketball fan wants mandatory nut checks. <laughs> let's put that on the record oh what a surprise all right so quickly let's get an answer to this is it the best or worst question ever and todd has gone next level saying it needs to now be a required question yes. josh what do you think look china is sending surveillance balloons across the united states they are testing nuclear capable hypersonic missiles flying <laughs> them around the world in a matter of seconds and we are asking people whether they have a penis and i'll, I'll just i would just leave it at that well when you put it like that aaron go ahead yeah yeah. But he said, yeah. All right, let's get to predictions. Aaron, I'll go to you. Uh, I will be making an announcement on my uh, Twitter profile on Sunday. That's my prediction. Got a new it's job? Not a, not a new baby or a new job. Or, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, is it something we already talked about? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, this would be a hell of a way to find out. I'm hiring a new producer next week. But okay, cool. All right. <laughs> Todd, go ahead. Uh, in more uh, court news coming down the pike about how uh, college sports athletes are likely to end up being uh, employees, again, Steve, another, when you and I are old, the NCAA historically is going to have one of the most reformed images in the history of this country. It is going to look brilliant at the end of the day because of what we are doing to the product that is college sports. I don't know if I can. I, I I don't know if I can handle living in a day where the NCAA looks brilliant. Well, you're living it right now, man. <laughs> right now, Josh, go ahead. I guess my prediction is that now that Nikki Haley has been the first non-Trump candidate to formally announce her run, that the next at least two to three candidates that we see hop in will probably be of the kind of ex-Trump administration mm -hmm. milieu. So people here like Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo. I don't think we will see any of kind of the current office holder types getting in for at least the next, I don't know, month and a half, two months or so. Although Tim Scott, it sounds like he's getting pretty close. I don't think he has a shot in hell, but it sounds like he's getting close. But, you know, if I were, if I were a betting man, I would bet that Mike Pence and Mike Pompeo are probably the next two shoes to drop here. My buddy Rick Shafton just polled South Carolina in the South Carolina primary, and Tim Scott, I think, was at 2%, <laughs> which is 2% more than, uh, than I have, and I'm not planning on running. So there's that. All right, I'm actually going to do, I haven't done this in a while, I'm actually going to do a sports prediction as well. And I feel like with Josh here, it's okay for me to do this, all right, because he'll know what I'm talking about. At most, the Pac-12 conference will exist for just one more TV deal, at most. 
Not even say it only exists for that. I. But at most, it, whatever one, if they exist for this one, it'll be it'll be timed almost exactly for when the Big Ten deal expires. At, at most, it will it will it will exist for one more television deal. You do you do not bring in SMU and San Diego State. Guys, now we're good. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. Okay, that's a that's a desperate plea. Okay, this thing ain't lasting. That. And I think if Kevin Warren were still commissioner, it'd be gone right now. I think he would have. Oregon and Washington would be in the league right now. Tea leaves say that it won't even get to this deal. That's what. That's what at least what it looks like for me. Would not be surprised at all. Well, Josh, we're gonna get dumber again next hour without you, man. But it was a pleasure to see you as always. Thank great, you. Great to see you guys. Pleasure, and congratulations though. on the nuptials again. When's the date? Uh, looking like December 17th, but we're finalizing that this week and next week. Very cool. Very cool. Congratulations, brother. Thank you very much. All right. We'll come back. Feedback Friday is your turn and we'll try to get through as many as we can because we didn't have uh, an ask me anything this week. So you got a little short change. So I'm going to try to make up for it, uh, make it up to you and make up for it when we get to feedback Friday coming up in hour two next. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. And you are you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Just email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then find me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. That's D-E-A-C-E. If you are a podcast listener, you are a real big part of our audience, and we thank you. Please, if you've yet to do this, leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow whichever may the case be, wherever you choose to podcast from. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for the show already. Uh, You are a big reason why we get to do this for a living, and we are very, very grateful to each and every one of you and each and every one of those. Uh, Subscribe hits and five-star reviews as well. Want to let you know that the uh, website for Nefarious is now up, fully loaded, ready to go. Trailers, posters. If you've seen the poster, you're like... Ooh, I want to get one of those. Um, you can. Uh, digital versions. Uh, you'll be able to get actual posters here shortly as well, like the frameable variety. Um, there is all kinds of, uh, how would we call it, um, pre-movie content to provide you some background on the film, some context on the film that's already on the site, and there is much more to come as we get closer to our launch in theaters nationwide on April the 14th. I was on a call yesterday with my movie guys, and they are the guy, Bryce, who is overseeing our distribution, uh, just he said, I cannot tell you the, the theater chains that I'm hearing from around the country right now. And they just like ran off a list of like, you know, eight or ten. Um, they're like, we just, we're not used to seeing people come to us for an independent film this far out and ask, Hey, can you guys show the film? Are we going to have this film? And so, uh, that's, that's you guys, man. You know, I mean, Daniel and I, you know, 
and then you and I, Todd, we, we might be uh, Fauci and Bargain and Rise of the Fourth Reich might be the only two books published on the right that managed to become national bestsellers without a push from Fox News at all. Like, I, I don't know that anybody's anybody's been able to do that with like any like no interviews, nothing, you know, um, and we've managed to do it. Now twice because of folks like you in our audience. And Just let the lion out. Yeah, absolutely. Of its cage. And, the, and that grassroots army. Going back to what I pointed out last hour, the text I got from Daniel that we're a hundred spots higher than Greta Thunberg on Amazon right now, and she's got a hundred times more reviews. That's the difference between astroturf. Okay, well, I can just have bots write reviews or real grassroots. Well, I got to, you know, pull my card out and pay this out of my own pocket to, you know, buy the book. Those are two totally different levels of commitment, right? And so those of you that are going to your local theaters and your local theater chains uh, or national theaters and the local uh, iteration of uh, and franchise of those in your communities and are asking, hey, are we going to have nefarious here in theaters on April the 14th? I mean, that's just phenomenal. Keep doing that. Thank you very much. It, your guys are uh, helping to build a lot of buzz within the movie industry for this film. So thank you. Um, and you can go to the website now, whoisnefarious.com, a chance to win thousands of dollars there, chances to win tickets to the premiere. Gosh, we're really close to telling you when and where that's going to be. I'm pretty confident that I know when and where it's going to be now. It's just we don't have it finalized yet. Probably we'll tell you that next week here on the show. All right. So who is nefarious.com again who is nefarious.com all right let's get to some feedback friday brought to you by patriot mobile thanks to your support patriot mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy and they've got now even bigger news uh, they are now offering service on all three of the major networks uh, so that if you need to make a switch, if you're going to move or currently live in a part of the country that is one of those spots, you know, that's maybe just kind of a nothing burger from a, a signal standpoint with one of these networks, but it's fully loaded on another one and you feel stuck. Well, with Patriot Mobile, you can make that switch at any point in time. They can handle that for you with their outstanding U.S.-based customer service team. And now you no longer have to directly fund the companies that hate you, but support one that has and supports your values as well. Go to PatriotMobile.com com slash steve you'll get a free activation with the offer code today of steve clever free activation with the offer code steve at patriotmobile.com slash steve or you can call them at 878 patriot again that's 878 patriot all right let's get to some feedback friday and i want to begin with a really cool and inspiring note now when i tell you what the subject matter is at first you're going to think what is inspiring about this but just Hang tough here, new kids on the block. Hang tough. All right. This past weekend, I attended my very first drag queen story time hour and I left inspired. Now, let me pause. Right. In almost every context, when a text or an email or a blog uh, or a social media post begins with this sentence. it It's downhill from there, like way downhill, like right, like. David French downhill. Yeah, as far downhill as you can go, like hell, okay? But again, hang in there. But it wasn't the show that inspired me. Rather than polluting the minds and souls of innocent children, the drag queens and other demonic performers read their stories and performed their acts before a solemn, resolute, and prayerful crowd of adult Christians. Listen to this, guys. This is one of the most badass things I have seen in my whole career. 
Not just on this issue, like in my entire career. This is as badass as it gets. To be sure, these good Christians came to the event not to be entertained, but to stand in the gap between those who want to drag all kids into their own demonic realm and the innocent children dragged to such a wicked event by their sick moms. Here's how it went down. After the announcement of one of these drag queen storytime hours to be held at the Marshall Public Library in Pocatello, Idaho, on a Saturday in February, several pastors of different churches and denominations organized a coalition how good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity and praise the Lord, the psalmist says. Several pastors of different churches and denominations organized a coalition of willing grown-ups to come early, occupy all the seats, and stand between the pedo groomers, perverts, on the stage and their targets, the innocent children. When my wife and I arrived a full 30 minutes before showtime, all but four seats were occupied, and soon every seat and much of the standing room was taken entirely up by this Christian army. A few minutes later, two woke moms squeezed into the back of the room with four kids in tow. The show was about to begin when one of the moms not so quietly complained to her children how sad it was for them to not be in the front and how difficult it was for them to sit in the, sit all the way in the back. She entirely missed the point. Two minutes into the show, as planned, one of the pastors explained to the library director, listen to this, guys, this is only getting better, man. This is as badass as it gets, and now... Okay, that was just the first wave. Okay, that was just the first wave. Now comes the heavy artillery. Listen to this. This is. Do we have Rocky music? I mean, this this man right here. Okay. Two minutes into the show, as planned, as planned, as planned. They had a plan. One of the pastors explained to the library director how the maximum occupancy of the room was clearly violated by the crowd size. The director, a well-trained bureaucrat, was forced by his own rules to clear the room of all of those not seated, including all the woke moms and their kids in the back who didn't have seats. The moms and woke supporters were forced to therefore leave the event. This has got to be a freaking movie, man. Are you kidding me? There were 10 to 15 other children who never even made it into the room in the first place. Kids would not be partaking of any of this debauchery. The performers... Void of any child targets or their parents in the room, nonetheless persisted in their show. They were not happy, but I guess they stupidly and arrogantly thought that they could teach the Christian crowd a thing or two about their sickness. Their two book readings and one ukulele sing-along were met with silent, defiant defenders of values and God's commandments. The audience did not applaud Aaron, get me some cigarettes, okay? I, I, I mean, this is, this is the hottest thing I've ever read in my life right here. And when this is done, I'm going home to find out what the wife is doing, okay? The audience did not applaud, did not sing along, did not participate. Instead, they quietly read their Bibles, bowed in prayer, and thereby peacefully protected children. It was inspiring. Yeah, it is. 
I'm reading this like for the fourth time and I'm fired up like I'm reading it for the first. It was spiritual, despite the demons reading and relating immoral and vile alternatives to God's law. The warmth and comfort of God's love filled the room and overpowered them. I was deeply moved. Our cause, God's cause, requires action and dedication. As you mentioned last week on your show, do not call out the demons unless you are ready and committed to take the battle to them down with your swords. Showing up to these battlegrounds will give us small wins at first, but it will also embolden the demons to build their forces, sharpen their tactics, and increase their fervor. We need to overpower them. As as Elisha said to his servant when it looked like they were facing an insurmountable army, fear not, for they that be with us are more more than they that be with them. Elisha asked the Lord to open his servant's eyes so that he too could see the multitudes of horses, chariots, and warriors standing at the ready to win the day. We are in a war. It is indeed crazy versus normal. That was Sarah Huckabee's line last week. Better put, it's demonic versus God-fearing. We should be comforted by Elisha's account. Indeed, more be with us than be with them. However, we must engage. We must act. I pray we will do that. This event gives me hope. That is from Ronald M. Nate, and I love this too. P.H.D. Ronald M. Nate, Ph.D. in Rexburg, Idaho. That is... I got an email from a guy last night has had some bad things happen to him and his family. And there's no justice from this earth for those things. And he's like, I need some encouragement, man. Normally you're trying to encourage guys to stand up. I need some encouragement not to act out because I really want to get blackpilled really bad, which I know would be bad and make everything worse. But I just don't know where to channel all this frustration, all this anger at this injustice. And... I wrote him back about meekness and a lesson that I had to learn about what meekness is. Power under control. Meekness is not weakness. It is power under control. That's what this is. In fact, this is, this is the greatest example of it I have seen in my career is this note. This is every shade of badass Nobody got angry. Not, ever, not that there's anything wrong with that every now and then. But nobody got angry. Nobody lost their, lost their poo. Nobody lost their minds. Nobody lost their tongue. But the right side lost, nonetheless. They just showed up and kicked their ass all the way back to hell. This is one of the most badass things I've ever seen. I mean, this is incredible. And look at, look at the two things here. Look at the two things here that are the hallmarks of this. I love our mama bears. We have given the mama bears like Megan Brock how much publicity on this show the last few years. A lot. A lot. Gonna have another one on Monday. Right. Riley Gaines. Yes. We just had Chief Mama Bear of Mama's Moms for Liberty sitting right here next to you on the show last week. Yep. Right? 
Okay. I'm a mama's boy. Remember, I, I'm a kid born to a 15-year-old mom. We literally grew up together. I'm a mama's boy. I'm going to be 50 this year. I'm still a mama's boy. If you're sensing a but, you're correct. But, but. Where are the men? Here, the men act. The men act. The men act. The men act. The men planned. The men planned. The men planned. The men were united. The men were united. The men were united. The triple braided cord is tougher to break. Hey, every now and then, someone needs to go full Telemachus, okay? Just one guy up against the entire crowd and saying, in the name of Christ, forbear. There is a time and a place for that. So if you're thinking of being that guy at your next school board meeting, by all means, don't let me sound like I'm stopping you because you are desperately needed, okay? But you know what's even better than one guy saying, in the name of Christ, forbear? What do you think is better than even one guy saying it? More. More guys saying it. And more of them saying it together. How good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. Not fake unity. Not Hawaiian shirted, skinny jeans, pleated sweater vest unity. Real unity. In service to the only undefeated being in the history of this universe, in service to the only one who holds the key to death in Hades, the only one who walked out of a tomb, who rolled his own stone away and walked out in the ultimate boss, how you like me now. That kind of unity. The men acted. The men planned and the men acted and they planned together, together. You're far less likely to act out of control when you're not alone. You're far less or far more likely to show meekness and not just straight up vitriol when you plan. This is, this is, I don't know, man. Ron's a PhD. I'm guessing that doesn't stand for pothole digger. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe some of these guys are librarians. You know, maybe most of these, who, I don't know how many of these guys can change their own, own oil. I can't. Okay. It's not about any of that stuff. This is, this is the most masculine thing maybe I've ever talked about on my show. And this is, this is, do you guys remember during lockdowns? Apparently, it is, it's, Jew, it's Jewish day on the show, although frankly, it's almost always Jewish day on the show since we talk about Jesus all the time. But I started off talking, quoting Daniel. We had Josh on for an hour. Okay, now let's bring up the Hasidic Jews. You guys remember the video during lockdowns of yeah. the Hasidic families? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, so here's these short little Hasidic Jewish guys, right? Guys about our age, maybe yeah. older. All right, long, a lot of salt in those beards, right? Okay, not a lot of pepper left, a lot of salt. And those guys showed up, man, most of them about 5'8 or shorter. And they showed up, man, with those wire cutters. Bolt cutters, yeah. yeah the, the, the bolt cutters, thank you, that looked, if you stood them on there, on, yeah. on, on, they might have been taller than them, yeah. okay? And they showed up with those bolt, cu bolt cutters and they opened up those parks. 
in their neighborhoods and the looks on the faces of the younger men seeing their dads stand up. Remember that video and how much we were struck by that portrait, you know, bam, that's, that's what this is. I can, I can promise you all. I don't know any of you don't know Ronald Nate couldn't pick him out of a police lineup. I just learned his name this week, reading this email. Don't know the names of any of the other guys that were there. I do know this. If I can promise you all of you men there, I can promise you this. If you have sons and they are of critical thinking age or observational age, or even if they're grown and out of the house and they have families of their own, I promise you, they have never been more proud to be your son. Never been more proud to be your son than when they saw you do this. And the ones that are wayward, the ones that have gone prodigal, you have their attention again. Maybe even their respect. Which is the first couple of steps in a reconciliation. This whole thing around us that seems so insurmountable. And Ron, uh, Ron points to that, citing the passage of Alicia. Open the eyes of my servant to see the, the, the armies of angels that surround us. This seems so insurmountable to us. This whole thing is a house of cards, I promise you. The whole thing is. What we are calling spiritual warfare is really a cosmic game of poker. And the appearance is that this thing just couldn't possibly be toppled, couldn't possibly be overcome. The devil's bluffing all the time, though. It's always a bluff. Every time. Every time it's a bluff. Every time. Because here's the thing. Even if the devil, quote unquote, wins, all the saints that he has martyred throughout the centuries, after they were martyred, the next instant they woke up and heard these words from the king of the universe, well done, good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy of your master. He loses every time. Every time. Every time. He's already lost. And the last enemy, Paul says, what's the last enemy mean? Does it mean, well, the third to last? What's the last enemy mean in original Greek? Do you guys know what the last enemy means? Four letters. Yeah, last. it translates to last. Yeah, when you, yeah, still. Is it last in you guys' uh, Latin Vulgate over there in Catholicism? Does last still translate into last? Still last. Yeah, it's last. What about the Masoretic text? Is it last? It's last means last. It's, it's last. Last means last. So if the last enemy, death, has been conquered, then how many enemies remain if the last one is conquered? How many remain? Small number. It, yeah, none would be the answer. There are no enemies left. There's just the perception of them. Which is why one of the things we are told the most often in scripture is not to fear. 
Because when we live a life based on fear, we do so like the Jewish spies who went into the Holy Land after they had just watched God part a massive body of water to save their civilization. And literally 10 minutes later, they go into the Holy Land that was supposed to be theirs and like, these people just seem insurmountable. We couldn't possibly topple them. Didn't you just watch God drown the chariots of the most powerful empire the world had ever known up until that period of time? Now you're worried about these backwater hicks? It's a poker game. The enemy just goes all in every hand. Doesn't matter what he has. Doesn't matter what's in his hand. Could be do seven offsuit. But he just goes in all every hand. Thinking that you'll fold out of fear. You won't call the hand. You won't play it out. Hey, sometimes he's got the nuts, right? Sometimes he's sitting there with pocket aces. Sometimes he's got the nuts. But even then you still win. Because when, when, when we have to fold, when our chip stack goes poof, we wake up in eternity with the eternal reward of our Savior for playing the game to the end, playing it out. Because that's, that's the greatest demonstration of faith we have. The willingness to play the game out. The, the expectation, if not anticipation, that we win no matter what. Because I know who's dealing me my cards. Yeah, you've given everything. You're tired. You're alone. The ultimate, I'm on your left. Yes. Of cosmic history Absolutely. comes on. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right now, there needs to be a guy in this audience right now starting the Rexburg group. And we're just going to coordinate churches around the country like they did. They've got on, online resources and everything else to coordinate Drag Queen Storytime Hour. There needs to be. There's at least one pastor in this audience who's an actual man. There's got to be one. Start making some calls. How, how did mom... What, 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 is it Tina that was here last week? Yeah. Okay. What did she say happened with mom? She's got her and another mom got ticked off. Yeah. Started calling other moms. Suddenly later, you got calls from moms from around the country. Hey, we, we want in on that. Totally organic. There's got to be at least one pastor in this audience with some stones. You start the Rexburg group. We're doing this. And we're going to organize something like this all over the country. Because this is... It's one of the most badass things I've ever seen in my entire life. Whether fiction portrayed in like in movies or, or TV shows or let alone in real life. That is wow. I almost don't want to read another note and just because we're, we're up against the break. And kind of have a clean break. I don't want to force anything to have to follow that. So you guys have any other thoughts here in the final couple minutes before we go to commercial? Just go and do likewise. There's a scene in Nefarious. And I don't want to give it away, but you'll, you'll, kind, of, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about when, when you see it. When that pastor got up and said to the director of the library... 
Hey, uh, you're over the uh, fire marshal limit here. You know how pissed off the devil was <laughs> and or shaken in his boots? Probably more the latter. Because he saw, oh crap, the spirit of the Lord is here in this place. I've been foiled. I uh, took tail and run. Now he'll be back. Oh, yeah. And again and again and again, as he has been through all of history. But you know, in that moment, you got one over on hell. That should make you... That should make you actually interrupt Patrick Mahomes like Travis Kelsey does on a, on a, on a <laughs> seemingly weekly basis. That should make you pumped up, man. That should make you think, hey, uh, let's go do this some more. Uh, screw all the haters. Let's go do this again. Yeah. The hardest part is doing it the first time, Todd. So, yeah, he'll be back. It's easier to do it. Though, once, you, once, you have mm-hmm. bro- once you've broken the maiden the first time, it's easier the rest. There's a, uh, another gal. I think her name's Taylor Silverman. She is a skateboarder, I believe, and she's been frustrated by uh, the men who feel pretty entering her sport. And she said something recently that pertains to this. She says, at first, it was so good to get the support uh, of, of people from everywhere. But then I just realized how many of the people who give me support only will do so silently and they, they right. won't do anything about it. Right. And it's for people like that who say things like that and do the things like she's been doing, Riley Gaines, my daughter. Uh, As you know, I try to find uh, simple responses on Twitter that I use over and over again that make a very, very important theme. And to this I say simply, to this uh, letter that Steve read, they get it. What's your excuse? Because that's it. Whatever it is, it's an excuse. You are called to do exactly this. It, it is smart, but it wasn't some kind of stroke of genius. It was just dude code 101, quite frankly. Here, in my backyard? Hell no. When I talk about the need for peaceable but aggressive confrontation to avoid, because eventually this thing will get so hot, so desperate, so nihilistic, It'll get blackpilled. This has happened to this country before. At a period in time when the church as an institution and family structures were far more intact than they are right now, far more formidable and influential than they are right now. We were far more of an honor culture than we are now. So you bet it could happen again. When I say the thing that holds it off is peaceable but aggressive confrontation, this is the magnum opus example of exactly what I'm talking about. A refusal to comply and a refusal to sink your own standards in the midst of that non-compliance. Well done, good and faithful servants. We are honored, proud here at The Blaze, including this show, to have been partnering uh, starting last year with our friends over at Preborn and tens of thousands of babies uh, we worked with them to help save last year. Uh, and during this Valentine's month, they're using that to think of uh, uh, using the, those heartbeats to reach even more moms 
Um, and to add to the over 200,000 babies that the Preborn Pregnancy Network has rescued. That is incredible work. Other people, though, do this kind of work, too. The reason I wanted to sign on with Preborn is it's not just that level of pro-life activism. That would be laudable enough. It is the full comprehensive notion that this is ministry. That it's, it's not women who are in a good family situation who have a loving husband, who are, are confident and secure in their surroundings, going typically to, to, to kill their children, but women who aren't, like my mom, who was a 15-year-old mom. So they understand you got to love them both, and they do that. Uh, free prenatal care, um, free um, post-delivery counseling, assistance. They do all of this pro bono provided they have the resources from people like us. So if you want to help provide those resources, $28 sponsors one ultrasound. And when a mom sees that one ultrasound, she's 80% less likely to go forward with killing her child. 140 bucks will sponsor five of them. And maybe you want to sponsor some of the counseling and the other needs uh, as well for the moms. Pound 250 and use the keyword baby on your mobile phone. Pound 250 with the keyword baby on your mobile phone or... Go to preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve. All right. Let's get through as many of these, of these notes as we possibly can, as I promised earlier. James writes, Steve, this is found on the He Gets Us website in the first few paragraphs in the About Us section. Quote, and that Jesus is the Son of God who came to earth, died, and was resurrected, then returned to heaven and is alive today. End quote. Perhaps they should have corrected that too. And that Jesus is the Son of God who came to earth that and died for ours to die for our sins and was resurrected and then returned to heaven and is alive today. And therefore, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Don't you think that's some very important information that needs to be included? Yeah. Uh, I got an email from a few of you who were like, well, I mean, how much can you put into 30 seconds? Hey, time this for me. Wait, can you time it? Can you time it on your phone? Let me okay. do it real quick. Can you do this for me? All right. I'm just going to go with James's okay. uh, suggestion here. And three, two, one. And that Jesus is the son of God who came to earth to die for our sins and was resurrected and then returned to heaven and is alive today. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 31 seconds. Dang. So I could probably was, cut it down to 30. You that think was, that was 11 seconds. Oh, it was 11. Yeah. yeah. 11. And then like the next 20 seconds. And if you want to learn more, because Jesus wants to know you more, go to hegetsus.com. Or we can do the quasi-social justice woke messaging instead that draws nobody. It's your billions. CM writes, oh boy, oh boy. He gets us might be a good catchphrase for the nefarious movie. Oh, nefarious did, gets us. Oh boy, haven't you seen that? Yeah, no. There's somebody On Twitter. Made a, made no, yeah. that's great. It's it's the picture of uh, nefarious's back with the ta- the tattoo with the chair electric yeah. chair tattoo. Yeah, and his arms behind him, and he's he's holding your book, and it says nefarious gets us. He gets us. Oh my. <sighs> I'm uncomfortable with that. Okay. Wow. Brilliant though, but ouch. 
I lucked out and found your new book on the shelf here at my local Barnes and Noble and just finished it. I must confess, I had to take breaks due to the fury it was generating. As a medically retired Army combat veteran, having survived being taken out by just the first Moderna jab 16 days after it was administered, when I was contracting overseas in 2021, I'm all on board for fair and public trials for everyone involved in the pandemic, provided they are all subject to public executions, of course. I especially want the identities of every military official mentioned in the personal testimonies of your witnesses made public so those personnel can be presented to the tribunals in uniform. I served for more than 22 years of combined service in the Army, Reserves, and National Guard and absolutely have no compassion for those so-called military leaders who violated their oaths of office, enlistment, and sacrificed the lives, health, and well-beings of tens of thousands of military personnel under their respective commands. All those key leaders failed to stand up against and or knowingly enforced an unlawful order. I was only following orders is not a justified excuse for committing human rights violations, let alone democide. By the way, everybody that tried the defense just following orders at Nuremberg, we hung. They are craven psychopaths and or cowards and shall be treated as such. Having them presented in dress uniform before the tribunals is vitally important. That way they can be physically stripped of all awards and decorations, thus visibly destroying their careers, credibility, and honor before having the nooses placed around their necks on the gallows or blindfolds applied before the firing squads ventilate their sorry carcasses. After a fair trial, of course. I I added that last part. Back to meekness. After a fair trial, of course. That is from Patrick. And my only response to that is, uh, yes. Let's move on. I feel compelled to write. I'm listening to the close of the commentary related to the he gets us as I write this. I have approached religion several times in my life and just keep falling short. You and Todd have educated me more on this subject um, than any place else I have gone, either in a formal or informal setting, which is sad. I've heard this a lot in my career, and it's sad, sad. I take the messages portrayed in the commercials as trying to reach someone like me or someone with even less of an understanding of faith. Religion as a whole has lost its shine in today's culture. You are right, the 30-second sound bites don't encapsulate the entirety of the message of Jesus, but I think you're asking the wrong question, or more accurately, maybe making the wrong accusation. Did the messages portray something that went against his teachings? Were the messages enough to make the thought of leaning more, uh, learning more about the ideal of the Jesus portrayed palatable, palatable enough to plant a seed? My journey started out for me when I was in Korea with the military in 1994. I admired the values of the men I knew and lived by. Um, I was the consummate sinner, but had respect for the dignity and strength that uh, Tim Gells lived by. He and I would talk. One thing he said he has, that has struck with, stuck with me all these years, you don't become a Christian in one setting, he told me. You take your faith and add to it in ever-increasing measure. I have struggled with that life given my personal experiences. I have done what I can to lead a Christian-based home. My son is closer to God than I probably will ever be. I only say this to bring it back to the fact that the majority of America doesn't have people like you, you three, to help them stay focused and understand and appreciate religion so something portrayed on that large of a stage with the intent to help them seek that knowledge out can't all be wrong, even if each 30-second clip didn't live up to the entirety of the teachings of the church. 
In closing, I have to say thank you. The message you guys shared a few weeks ago about honoring your parents provided a lot of closure for my wife. She has wrestled with resentment and anger towards her father for choices he made that destroyed their family when she was a child. Obviously, it didn't right the wrongs done, but it gave her a way to store it in a way that is less painful. Thank you for all you guys do. I've been an avid follower since the early CRTV days. I'm in the came for, came for Steven Crowder and stayed for Dace Camp. Ray Horiza, I think is how that's pronounced, Ray. Special Forces Medic retired. First and foremost, Ray, we thank you for your service. Secondly, everything you said about the potential of this kind of a campaign is 100% true. And that is why we went to the website when we had this conversation in real time. Because we wanted to get the full context. And... Um, because we actually do have respect for several of the entities and people that are behind funding it. But when you go to the website, there's just not a lot of there there. Okay, yeah, there's Bible reading plans. Where do I start? Who would I ask questions of? I mean, it's just... Here, here's, the, here's the reality to Ray, to me, to Todd, to Aaron, to everyone within the sound of my voice. Everyone. If you have not been confronted with the reality, whether it's gently, kindly, aggressively, It's snottily a word, <laughs> okay? Snarkily, in some way, shape, or form, or fashion. If you have not been confronted with the truth and the reality that you have broken God's law, and you're not entitled to do that, and there is an eternal penalty to pay for that, And therefore, you need his forbearance, his forgiveness for what you did to violate him. At at some point, we need to love people enough to tell them this. Let me put this in another context. Suppose we did a campaign, Cancer Gets Us. And we ran a bunch of ads with kind of generic messages about cancer. How bad it is. How much it sucks. And other people who have had the cancer identify with what you're, you know, what, what, if, if you're struggling with cancer, what you're going, right? Okay. And learn more at cancergetsus.com. And you went to cancergetsus.com. And there was no information on treatment, no antidote provided. It was, and then they offered you like a manual. Here's our cancer manual without any context or anything else. There was no follow-up. There was no follow-through. Now, we don't have a cure for cancer, at least not one we're acknowledging anyway. So the analogy doesn't specifically apply. But in general, if this group did have the cure for cancer... And never shared it with you. 
but just identified with you in your cancer. Would you be comforted as your oncologist informs you that the, you're beyond treatment and the chemo, just there's no point in putting you through it anymore. And we're, we're looking at, you know, the best hospice for you, or at least the one that you can afford. Would you be comforted in knowing, however, that said cure was withheld from you because the people who had it determined that hurting your feelings was even worse than watching you die of cancer. See where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, what's loving about that? At some point, we have to love our neighbor enough to tell him the truth. At some point. Not, maybe I'm not right about when that point is, you know? I'm kind of wired that that point is now, 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 <laughs> all right? It's not always now. I've made mistakes thinking it's always now. I do know, though, it's not always never. Fair? Fair. I know it's not always never. I know it's not always now. I'm in a, it's now, right? Now we get to do it, right? No, 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 no. Uh, I took my oldest out to lunch. My goodness, she is so much like me. And I'm just looking at a younger, prettier female version of myself with almost all the same observations and complaints about how the world operates. It's amazing how much like like me she is. Okay, so, and like me, she wants the answer to be, can we tell the truth now, 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 now? No. Sometimes it's not now. Even Jesus said, hey, don't tell anybody that I'm the Messiah. Hey, don't tell anybody what happened to you. Now's not the time. But is there ever a time that Jesus says it's never the time to tell the truth? It's never the time. At some point, how much more of this culture do we need to watch suffer around us before we love them enough that we will tell them the truth? How many more? How much more? How many more families do we need to see destroyed? How many more generations of dysfunction passed on? How, you, you guys tell me, you guys that know better about being nice and kind, because I'm not even, I'm not being sarcastic. It does not come natural to me. I mean, I, if it weren't for my children, I can't even imagine how much more harder edged I'd be. So the fact that I am palatable as a human being at all, thank the three of them. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't know. So you guys tell me, you guys that are more empathetic than me, that are better at people than me, that love people better than I do. Please, I'm asking, tell me, when is it time? I know it's not never. Maybe it's not now. I don't know. But I know it's not never. Because there's no such thing as never. We all are going to live forever. There's no such thing as never. We all are going to live forever. So everyone's get, everybody's getting confronted with this truth. Right? Just a matter on what line of your pulse are you going to be confronted? What, what side of the casket will you be confronted with this truth? Will you be confronted with it standing six feet above ground or laying six feet below? But we are all getting confronted with this truth. So never is not an option. So tell me then. When is it? When's the, when, when is it, when is it time to tell them the truth? When is it time to provide the cure?
I'll let you guys have the final word on the show here today. Go ahead. This may have been the best reader feedback ever. Hmm. I dare you to do better. The note in the uh, first segment of this hour, a lot of people have asked if we could put that up as a separate clip, and it is up now. And it'll be up over the weekend on Rumble and, and YouTube um, in addition. The, the little monologue that you just gave there, Steve, it is, it is, I think, serendipity that we had a conversation about the He Gets Us campaign, and we released, or you released... The trailer to your movie. Yeah. The same week. Actually, the day after we talked about He Gets Us. Because there are two approaches here. One has been tried very sparingly. The other has been tried ad nauseum and is probably responsible in large part for where we are as a culture right now. In terms of how do we engage with the culture. Is there a time for confrontation? Yes, there is. And it was a long time ago. But instead, we got a lot of... A lot of cotton candy truth. If even that. In the meantime. And it didn't get it didn't do anything for us. No, it didn't. Let's just try the truth now. Can't be in any worse shape. Let's just try the truth. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.